Central New York, and hello, hockey fans all across the internet, and welcome to the Central New York Hockey Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott Kinville, and we've got an awesome show lined up once again this week. Uh, the, the great shows just keep coming, and I'm so proud of it. Before we bring our guests in, though, I'm going to bring in our co-host. First of all, sitting right next to me, pressing buttons, as he always does, and I hope he doesn't screw anything up, uh, Dave the Save Warner. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I was just going to tell you that that's the most precise we've ever been on starting a show to the second i know just, you know it just worked out perfect it is it, yeah. i couldn't believe it yep it's, it's like actually dropping the puck on time it was it was you know it was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh my god and our other co-host here he's sitting there in our in his dorm room getting all ready to go battling his internet jordan brockway jordan how are you not bad. Like you said, the internet's bad again. I don't know if the people upstairs did something, but. Well, you guys got to stop partying so hard there. Hey, it's not me. <laughs> they're, they're, they're tapping your keg, Jordy. Yeah, That's right, what they're right. doing. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to bring in our guests. So, guys, the Hamilton College uh, Continentals men's hockey team is on a terror this season. They've started off 4 0 0 off to a great start, and it is my pleasure to bring in the head coach of that team, Rob Haberbush, and a defenseman, James Philpott. What's going on, guys? Hey, Scott. Nothing much. How about you? We're, we're just loving it today. It's a, it's a great, it's a nice sunny day out. It's not too cold. That's about cold. 43 out it's, there. It's nice. Yeah. It, it really is. Uh, and, you know, I can tell the window in your, it looks like you got the rink right behind you there, Coach. Yeah, I do, yeah. That's an awesome setup. I love it. With the view. I love it. So, guys, let's just jump right into this. You guys are off to a smoking start. Like I said, 4-0-0. The team looks great. Uh, you know, what are what are some of the keys to this great start that you've had? Well, I think, um, you know, I, I'd point to two things, our, our leadership and culture. James is one of our captains, and uh, these guys have done a great job leading the team and, and uh, welcoming in uh, a lot of new freshmen and They've kind of, uh, you know, kept kept the culture in place, which isn't easy to do with uh, with that many new guys on the team. So they've done a great job. And then I also have to point to the goaltending we've been getting through the first four. Uh, we, we've really got some great performances out of uh, Charlie Archer and Jack Grant. So I think those are two really big keys for us. Yeah, I would, I would say so. How about you, James? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think just the culture is something we've really focused on fostering at the beginning of the year um kind of right away in practice just having competitive practices and we did bring in 12 freshmen so that'll that'll help uh add to some competitiveness but i think just making sure everybody's competing every day um and i think right off the bat that we've kind of seen the results of that so i'd say it starts in practice as cliche as it sounds but um for us i think can look at it as a result of that Oh, no doubt about it. And, you know, I mean, some might be surprised that you guys started 4 0 I'll be honest with you, I'm really not because you guys actually ended last last season on a really good note. In the regular season, you had one loss in your last eight regular season games. So you could kind of see this building, right? And uh, like I said, the, the awesome start is, to me, not that big of a surprise. Uh, James, before we get into everything else, I want a little background info on you, my friend. So tell us about your road to Hamilton College. Yeah, so uh, I don't know how much time we have, but I got all the time you want. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, there are roads in a lot of the places he went. So. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Pretty, pretty interesting path. I left the house when I was 18. I wanted to play in the BCHL, which is uh, about as far west as you can get in Canada. I'm from Calgary, Alberta. So that was kind of the most desirable league to play in at the time. Uh, I moved over there, got injured right away, kind of bounced around my, my rookie year, AJHL, SJHL, and then returned to the SJHL my last year or my second last year and then ended up getting traded to Larange, which is, I'm sure you're not familiar with Saskatchewan, but it's very North Saskatchewan, um, almost in the territory range. And, and that's when I had a coach who goes by the name of Killer Kaminsky. Kind of <laughs> oh, a, there's the name. <laughs> urban legend. Um, one of Was my, he a pro wrestler by chance? <laughs> pro fighter, actually. Really? Nice. The NHL. So he, he was a really good coach, kind of boosted my confidence, and that's when things started to take off. And then COVID hit. We had a really good team, so it was unfortunate to have it ended by COVID. And I was actually coming in to play for Hamilton. I was going to be a senior this year, but just with everything going on with COVID, I decided to defer, and I didn't want my freshman year to be kind of clouded by by COVID and everything. So um, Maine, the Maine Nordiques and the Null ended up drafting me, kind of took a chance. So I decided to play another year there, which which was awesome. We made it to the Robbie Cup finals, um, lost to Shreveport, but then and then came into Hamilton that year after. So kind of a unique journey. I think it was like four or five teams, um, but couldn't have been happier with the way it panned out. So. Well, I would say yeah, they took that's a, chance. a short version because yeah, yeah. some chance you were a first round pick. So, I mean, they were pretty sure of what they were getting. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's great. That is great. All right, so rolling back to this season, uh, you guys. By the way, you've got votes in this latest USCHO poll. Which congratulations. I personally think you should have got more, but hey, I'm not a voter, so I couldn't couldn't do anything about that. But uh, you know, let's talk about that North Country tournament because uh, you won it last season. And you defended your crown this season in impressive fashion. Uh, your championship game, you beat number 14, Trine, 4 to nothing. Uh, Jack Grant was spectacular in that game, pitching the shutout. So, guys, take us through that game in that tournament. Yeah, so we, uh, we had a pretty close game with Potsdam in the first round. Um, we were it was actually tied with two minutes to go, and then we, we, scored, we scored to go up, and then we got the empty netter. Um, that was a good game. And then, uh, you know, trying is a very good team. We saw them twice last year and, uh, lost to them both times out there. So this was, you know, something that we were, we were hoping to kind of see them in, in the finals there. And, uh, we knew it would be a really big challenge and, and we played really, really well. Um, they took it to us at, at the beginning of the game, you know, the first probably six minutes was, was a tough go, but we, we kind of found our legs and, and, uh, you know, started playing some good hockey against a really good team. So that was, uh, you know, I think kind of an eye opener for all of us about, you know, how, how good we can be. How about you, James? Um, Yeah, I, I agree with that. It, uh, felt like a playoff game. I know a lot of the guys were, super up for that game we, we try to get up for every game but that game was uh was special just kind of given the record um and our history with them from last year so and just the intensity right off the bat kind of like Habs was saying um they came out flying 
immediately set the tone and we had to respond. And I think that's when we started to settle in and um, it felt like the playoff game. Those are the games that are the most fun to play in. So uh, it was good to come out with the win and good to get, get the special teams on board for, from both ends. Our penalty kill was phenomenal and then good to get the, the power play goal to go up to nothing. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, a lot of, Oh, folks here in the East really don't know how good the Western end of Division Three hockey is. Uh, I was talking with uh, Chris Sugar, D three Hockey News, and he was saying, "Man, you got to watch out for these Western teams. They're they're good, and, and yeah. trying I think fits that bill very well." Yeah, I'd I'd agree. I think sometimes those guys get lost out there. There's more. It seems like more media coverage of Division Three in the East, but. Last season, I thought Trine was was the best team that we played all season long. Yeah, yeah. Would you agree with that, James? Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. It's similar to what I found in, in the Nall. We like being in the Nall East. Um, you're kind of sheltered, especially during COVID. We only played the other Nall East teams, and then when we went to the Robbie Cup and played, we played Shreveport from the South. But kind of the same thing. You you get caught up playing the same teams and kind of just following the same teams that you play. And then all of a sudden you're playing trying and, and you're like, Holy, like, where did this come from? Um, so no, I agree with that. They play a little bit more of a hard hitting style than some of the teams that we, we see quite often here. I'd say. Yeah, definitely a more of a grinding game out there for sure. Yeah. Uh, so James, now that you guys are undefeated so far, you're off to this great start. What's the feeling in the room? Um, so, so it's good, obviously, but we're trying to stay level-headed. Like, we are 4-0, but we're only 1-0 in, in the NESCAT conference. So we have two big games coming up, six points on the line this weekend. And as good as it is to rack up out-of-conference wins, we really need to focus on um, in-conference games because those are what ultimately matter in playoffs and seeding. So we have two two games against two of the top teams in our conference coming up. So, um and we, we enjoyed it for sure, but now our, all eyes are focused on um, on Trinity yeah, and Wesleyan. No doubt about it. Who are coming up next? You guys are hitting the road to go play. Uh, so, Coach, we've been talking about the new recruits coming in, uh, mm-hmm. and what a what a class you you pulled in. Uh, according to NeutralZone.net, they are the second highest class, rated class in all of Division Three. So take us, if you would, through a little bit of the recruiting process to bring those guys in. Yeah, well, it's, it starts, um, you know, Division Three. it's not like Division One, and as far as, you know, Division One is recruiting really young kids and um, committing them for, for years out in the future, not really knowing when they're going to arrive a lot of times. For us, it's year to year. You know, we're just looking to replace the, um, the players that uh, were graduating that year. You know, it, it does start probably kind of two years in advance, just identifying, you know, knowing who's going to be graduating that year, identifying players that could potentially fit that mold, you know, students and players that could be impact players. And then, you know, a lot of that work gets done, uh, you know, kind of over the summer and now in the fall, um, you know, and then uh, our, our application periods come in in November and January, and trying trying to yield yield them at at this time of year. So it's you know a couple of years in advance, but um, you know, kind of this is the time where it really heats up. Yeah, no doubt about it. And James, I'm not going to let you off the hook with all this. So you're up next, my friend. <laughs> so a third of this roster is actually first year players. 
And now you are no longer a, a young guy. You're a veteran on this team now. So you're one of the team leaders. You're a captain. So how does it feel now to be on the other side of the coin, being the veteran, the quote-unquote old guy, even though you're only 23 years old? Yeah, I mean, if you say only 23 uh, on campus, it's uh... – <laughs> I don't know if I feel that young, but um, it, it felt weird at first, but because when I came in, some of the guys I looked up to were juniors and now kind of being in that in that age group as a junior, um, it's different for sure, but it, it's kind of cool to see the other side of it, um, to take that leadership role with along with my classmates and, and, and the seniors. So I think it's something that we've all embraced and uh, it's been great so far. So kind of cool to, to see the full circle nearly, I guess, three quarters of it. So, um, yeah, it's been great so far. Excellent. Excellent. And Jordy, I've been doing all the talking here. Uh, was there something that you wanted to ask? Because by the way, guys, I do tend to do that. My, my mouth is constantly going. So it's no, like, me, no. <laughs> <laughs> even the coach smiles on that yeah, one. Right. He, he knows better. Yeah. There's barely <laughs> enough oxygen in the room here for Dave. Cause I'm taking it all off. So, <laughs> uh, Jordy, yeah, I'm uh, muted. I there's so much background noise that sometimes I forget. Uh, I got no questions yet. Okay, good. Uh, so let's see uh, upcoming schedule. Uh, so, like you guys said, you got Trinity, you got Wesleyan on the road. Your next four are on the road, actually, and then you come home for a six game homestand, and that homestand kicks off with a rematch against those Trine Thunder. Yeah. So that's that's got to be something you guys are looking forward to. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, we're we are uh, we're squarely focused on these next four conference games to close out the year, um, but that will definitely be uh, a fun weekend. Those those games are going to be down at the Clinton Arena, actually. Really, which is something. Yeah, we used to do that every year, and then when COVID hit, it kind of fell apart. But uh, we usually do it this this kind of New Year's Eve-ish time frame that weekend before our, our conference games get going again. Um, it's a good opportunity to get get into town and and get some of those folks to our game, you know, bring bring our game down the hill to them. And, uh, you know, it's a fun place to play, as you know, Scott. I'm sure you, you've been in there. It's a historic building. So we're, we're looking forward to that for sure. Coach, you don't know how many times I've fallen down on that ice in front of players trying to slow them down. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the beer. Yeah, well, I don't, well, listen, you can't prove that. But <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's that's great. And you know what the worst part is? The schedule is right here in front of me, and I didn't see that. Well, uh, so you guys, you know, speaking of Clinton and getting down there in the hill, you guys work with the youth hockey program there, too. We do, yeah. James, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so we do kind of like a breaking bread thing where where each player is matched up with a family. We we had our initial dinner I think three weeks ago, um, something around there. But each player is matched up with a family, and it, it reminds me a lot of, of juniors how you have your billet family and and you're kind of taken into this family. And I know a lot of the guys are are super close with the Clinton uh, people that have kind of embrace them and, and they'll go to coffee or breakfast with them on the weekends. They'll come to their games and, and they'll go and talk to them after. So I know a lot of the guys have been loving it and I think it's going to be great for, uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you know, James, to, to those kids, you guys are the rock stars and that's gotta be an awesome feeling. 
Yeah, it is. It is cool. It's it's awesome to kind of get to, I guess, reciprocate what what we had when we were growing up talking to college players or or players who who are older who we looked up to. So it's cool to be, I guess, in the other position. And and it's also nice to be able to just talk to some parents and and hopefully get more people to the games and just kind of um, get tighter with the community uh, as a whole. So it, it's been good all around. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and, you know, speaking of kids, you know, I mean, growing up in Calgary, I'm sure you were a Flames fan growing up and still are. Yeah, yeah. It's been, I guess, up and down this year. Um, still rattled about the Kachuk trade. He was my favorite player for Calgary. And then to see him go to the cup finals the, <laughs> the year after was tough. Um, but, no, I mean, I think as of now we're in the wild card spot. We haven't had the best start, but. Yeah, I watch every game pretty closely, so which is good and bad. Um, but yeah, yeah. were your idols growing up? I so I liked Giordano. He had one season where he won the Norris and just seemed to be doing everything right. Um, another Calgary kid who was only a couple years older, which is crazy to say, but Kale McCarr, who I just watched growing up, and he played in the AJ as well um i played a couple affiliate games for canmore when i was in midget triple a but he played on um one of my like rival midget teams but he would have been a couple age groups above but just watching him even in summer skates was pretty ridiculous the things he could do um and then getting to see him kind of move on to umass and then and then up in in the nhl and ultimately winning it and, and then bringing the cup back to calgary so that was something that's been really cool i love watching him and just the things he does is is pretty insane yeah no so. doubt about it. i mean and you know for him to make the impact that he did right out of college is extremely yeah. impressive but i'll give you a hint or i'll tell you how old i am i mean i remember watching like joe newendike al mckinnis joel otto yeah. all those guys yeah. remember when lanny mcdonald won the cup there so yeah <laughs> but uh so anyways a little bit closer to home uh on the website and this is really really nice uh the sage rink Re- renovation project uh, looks like they really, really want to do a lot there. So, Coach, can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So, they're um, currently uh, there's a lot there's a lot of phases to this, but um, this summer they replaced all of the um, the HVAC dehumidification uh, equipment in the rink, which you know isn't. Uh, you know, not not a big sexy project, but it's made a huge difference in the the quality of the ice. Uh, and they're still working on that. The roof is being replaced, and uh, like I said, that's that's made a big difference as far as the ice quality. Next summer, they're gonna they're gonna be replacing the the slab, so the the uh, ice making mechanicals. And then the boards and glass will be replaced as well. So the playing surface is going to be brand new by the end of the summer next year. And then the the project that you're referring to, there's several phases to that, um, which would which would really revamp Sage. Um, that would be new dressing rooms. Um, I, uh, would be phase one and phase two is like uh, revamp seating um, throughout throughout the arena and then uh, the third part would be uh, a new lobby off the front mm-hmm. uh, of sage so basically trying to you know keep the uh, 
keep the location, keep, keep Sage Rink intact, the, the location that we have, which is central to campus, the historic uh, building, but enhance it with, you know, modern uh, additions onto it as well, which would, you know, make it a really, really great experience for the players, you know, give them some modern amenities and, and improve the, the fan experience as well. So, it's a lot of a lot of things that they have planned, and really everything's just scheduled over the summer, over several years, so that they can, um, you know, so that we don't have to find a new home for a season. Right. So that's that's kind of the gist of it. The like I said, those first two parts, the the uh, the HVAC stuff is essentially done. The the uh, new ice making equipment boards and glass will go in next summer. The rest of it needs to be fundraised, but uh, we're hard at work at that right now. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the renderings right now, by the way, we should go to athletics.hamilton.edu and I'll put the link in the, in the bio for the show. Uh, they, they look, this looks beautiful. This really does. And say drink is such a historic rink. It, it really is. It reminds me a lot of what they with the Clinton arena, what we just referenced earlier. So when they won that craft hockey, bill, I think it was 2018, you know, yes. everybody, they, they got the $150,000 and people were expecting, well, it's going to be a brand new building. Well, no, because what you just talked about is so important that people don't realize having that new roof, which is what they did, the new HVAC, it, it just, it's, yeah. it's a so much more for the quality of the ice. It's just incredible. And, it, and obviously that's what you want the best, right? Because that's what you're playing on. So, <laughs> but yeah, looking at these, these renderings, this is absolutely gorgeous. And I, and I really hope you guys get all the money that you're, you're trying to raise because man, if you can do this, I'll. Oh, what a feather in the cap for central New York hockey. Yeah, it would be really beautiful. Yeah. I mean, from all, you know, from start to finish, if they could do all that, it would be $33 million. So it's, it's a, it's a major undertaking and, you know, that's what it takes nowadays. You feel for the, for Clinton arena, that 150,000 actually doesn't go very far. It, it initially, doesn't. It sounds great, but uh, you know, it, it's, it, these are huge expenses. Well, and it doesn't get any cheaper either. It just goes up more and more every no, year, no, too. So, for sure. Okay, so so guys, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you got stuff to do, and I know you got get ready to go on the road. But I always like to end our interviews with a fun little question for the for the guys on the show. And uh, this week, I want to know from both of you guys, which continental would be the most likely to have a reality TV show after he's done playing hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Really, I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, um, I'm gonna go. I, it, it's fine. I think all three of our goalies. I'd love to see a reality TV show with all three of our goalies: Jack Grant, Charlie Archer, and Josh Nadler. I think they'd make for great entertainment between the three of them. They all, all are characters in their own sense, and and we love them all dearly. Um, and I think a lot of the guys would vouch for that. That. Who, who doesn't want to see all three of the goalies and, and what they're up to kind of out of the rink. So that's what I would go with. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Goalie house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Instead of animal house, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Oh, jeez. How about you, Coach? I'm looking at the roster in front of me. I I can't top that. That That is amazing. <laughs> I would, I'd pay money for that subscription. So yeah, uh, I was gonna say Granter at first, but yeah, you throw Nads and Charlie in there, and some kind of like you know Survivor kind of <laughs> competition. 
getting voted <laughs> off the island. Yeah, that would be amazing. I, I'm, I'm in on that. I agree. <laughs> you know what? That, that's a great idea. You get the subscription, you raise the money for the renovations, and there it is. There it right is. Right there. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Awesome. And, and we'll film it. Yeah, there, there you <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, we're going to do that ready. for you. Sure, exactly. <laughs> Bring a crew down there. We're ready. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk to us. We, we really appreciate it. And, you know, congratulations on this great start. We know you're going to continue it throughout the season. Uh, best of luck throughout the season. And we will see you soon when you're back home at Say Drink. Sounds great, guys. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Jordan. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having us. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Take care. See you, guys. All right. Wow, that that's awesome. I, you know what? I would actually like to see that show now that they mention it. Yeah, that would good. be awesome. And that'd be a good yeah. project for us to take on, right? It would be. It'd be perfect. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, you know, before we go to break, too, I just want to mention that the uh, the Hamilton women they're they're number six in the country still, uh, and they are in the middle of a nine game homestand to start the season. So I don't, I don't know if that's an advantage or not to have all your games early at home like that in the season. I mean, obviously there's nothing you do about that. It's the schedule yeah. you're handed, right? But um, this weekend they've got Trinity at home, Friday and Saturday, and I'll be out there Saturday covering the game. So uh, look for that on our website, cnyhockeyreport.com. Nice. Cheap plug, which you're going to hear Cheap throughout plug. the rest of the show. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, like I said, oh, and then uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, December 5th, they're at home for a rematch with Nazareth who they eliminated in the first round of the NCAAs last year. So that could be a really intense game as well. So that will be pretty cool. Like I said, I'll be out of Sage on Saturday. And, you know, I wanted to touch on that, too, before we went to break um, with the renovations. Sage Rink is, it's like I said to those guys, such a historic building. You know, when, when you walk in there, it's it's like, wow. this is You know, you get that feeling, that aura, because, you know, there's there's it's incredible just the way it's all set up. You know, some people, oh, well, it's got support columns. Yeah, but you know what? That's what makes the charm of it right there, you know? And, you know, it's, like I said, you just can't beat that feeling of, wow, this this is what it was like. As long as the support columns aren't in the middle of the ice, you're good. Well, no, I mean, it would be interesting. <laughs> it would be. It would be another good uh, reality show, maybe. <laughs> you know, it would be like, Doop. yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Laid out on the ice. But yeah, I mean, and we were talking about the uh, mm. the lobby renovation. I mean, I'll tell you that that have you ever been there? No, Sage. So when you walk out of the rink and you come in through their lobby, it's a really nice setup. Actually, it's very cozy. Right, it, it really is. And uh, so I'm I'm curious to see what exactly they they want to do more with that. But they put a rendering of that. that up it's there, all or? right here. I mean, okay. I, know, I know you can't put it on the screen. I'll show you afterwards. They got renderings of everything here. Uh, like I said, athletics.hamilton.edu. Go to the men's hockey tab, mm. and then you can click on it right from there. Uh, this locker room looks beautiful. The, the rink itself looks awesome. And so, yeah, like I said, I really hope they can pull that off and get all the money they need. Okay, so speaking of taking up all the action in the room, I need to take a deep breath and get some in my lungs myself. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to recap the action in central New York and look ahead to the weekend. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news, information, and events in the city and the area. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of the Mohawk Valley. 
Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, our event calendar, and print publication, The Mohawk Valley Express. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of locals and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store, listen to our podcast, or sign up for our weekly email newsletter. Stop by today. You'll be glad you did. Okay, and we're back with segment two of the Central New York Hockey Report podcast. So, Jordy. High school hockey has kicked off in Central New York. Uh, just when you thought you had uh, had a lot of hockey going on, guess what? There's a lot more because, like I said, both the boys and girls teams in our region are underway. Uh, we have actually all the schedules for each team on our website. So if you go to that right there, cnyhockeyreport.com, you click on high school and scroll down. They've got we got every single schedule for all the all the Section 3 teams, which I think is pretty cool. And we also have them included in our score ticker. Now, I kind of want to go over this for a second because if you're on a laptop or if you're on a desktop, the, the score ticker pops right up across the top of the screen. Now, Dave and I have been working on If you're on a mobile phone, like mine right here, and I probably you probably can't see it too well. Well, they don't have to see it. Well, just if you watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Well. Right? So <laughs> you see how I got it right there? It doesn't yeah. show up. This is a glitch we've been trying to work out. It's just not going to happen. It's not us. But if you turn it sideways, and I'm trying to get around the glare here, there. You'll see that. You can it, see it at the top. Right across the top there. So, yeah, I just I wanted to address that because I kind of feel bad because I've actually gotten a couple of people get a hold of me and said, hey, you know, you said you got this score ticker. I pull it up on my phone. It's not there. Yeah. You know? which I can understand that frustration because, trust me, it, it frustrates me too. I think it's but whoever did the template, the base probably. template. They, they just thought, who would want this on mobile? Yeah. Like, Everybody. Yeah, I was just going to say, like 99% of yeah, the population exactly. would, you know. But yeah. But I can tell you that Dave did not build that template. So, I did not. You know. Would have worked better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. All I had right. to do that for Jordy. Yeah. Uh, so, so Jordy, lots of college action to go over. So we're going to start off with Colgate. Uh, the Colgate men have got their big, big annual home-and-home home series with the Cornell Big Red this weekend. Uh, Cornell's ranked 16th in the country. Uh, tough team, tough matchup here for the, Red, for the Raiders. Uh, Friday night, they're at Colgate. And then Saturday night, they go down to Cornell down there in Ithaca. So, But, you know, here's the thing, right? Last season, the Raiders played them tough. Uh, they tied them, and I think they lost in overtime. And Cornell, I think was, they were ranked eighth at the time, I believe, something like that. So, listen, this is a great opportunity for the Raiders. You pick up a win or you pick up a tie here, you start raising your profile. Yeah, and especially with how Colgate is, I mean, with that game, it's always scrappy. It's always a battle. So we'll see what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. And so the women, um, they're they're not playing this weekend. They were out in Minnesota last weekend. They're ranked fourth, by the way. Uh, they had they had a tough weekend out there in Minnesota against the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, who are now ranked sixth in the country. So they lost uh, their first game and they tied the second game. Uh, but you know, 
listen, that was going to happen at some point. No team is going to go undefeated. So, I mean, there's really, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, Minnesota Duluth, they're a tough, tough team. Uh, so this Tuesday, they're up in Syracuse to play the Orange up at their Tennedy Ice Pavilion. Uh, so a home road trip, I guess you could say, because, they, they listen, they don't have to get on a plane for this one. Yeah, and that that's always an interesting game. And, I mean, coming off the Minnesota Duluth loss, it's a little bit of a shakeup, but – at the end of the day, you knew a loss was coming eventually, and sometimes that takes more of a weight off of, okay, we finally don't have to worry about it. You know what? That's a great point, actually, because, you know, there, there's there's something to be said about that. Sometimes that loss does it. It's like, okay, there we go. The, the pressure of a winning streak is gone. Yeah, we got beat. Now let's start all over again. Or sometimes it's even, you know, it, I wouldn't even call it a wake-up call for the Raiders because they've been rolling. It's just kind of a, okay, this happened. Now let's start all over again. Uh, moving right along over to Division Three with the Utica Pioneers. Uh, they had the Thanksgiving Showcase last weekend. Uh, they tied St. John's, actually, in the first game, but won in the shootout to advance to the championship game where they lost to a very, very good Elmira team. Elmira made a huge jump in the ratings this week. Um, they were unranked last week, which I actually thought they should have been in the poll, but they weren't. Uh, this week, they're number seven. Uh, this uh, Well, the Pioneers are only playing the men. That is, they're number four in the country. They're only playing once. They're playing Friday night, the big annual Teddy Bear Toss game at the Adirondack Bank Center. They're playing Division One Stonehill. Your thoughts on that game, Jordy? Oh, it's going to be great. I mean, you're bringing in... I, you're bringing in a good Stonehill team who is kind of in D1 purgatory right now. So, I mean, depending on how Gary sets the lines, you'll see kind of how they want to do tempo and how big they want to show up. But I can kind of see how they're going to set it up, how you have your usual line of Vitaly, um, Morris, and whoever they pair with them, uh, ADR, Vladdy, Herrera. So you kind of already have an idea of what they're going to do. And – if as long as they don't play like the St. John's game, they should be fine. If they play well, I like it how they played Elmira the first two periods. And I'm not going to get started on the goal because that was a no goal. <laughs> or Rina thinks it's a no goal. But in reality, that game was should have come down to a tie pretty much to the end. It was a stalemate until that goal. So I think if they play them like that, you're going to make a competition. Yeah, I mean, it's and really, it's not like they played particularly bad against St. John's. Uh, they're the Johnny goaltender, uh, Bailey uh, Huber, is his name, stood on his head. I mean, he had what fifty three saves, something like that. Yeah, that was uh, that that no goal definitely changed things to say the least. Uh, and Elmira took full advantage of it, but uh, I think they definitely the the Elmira that is put everybody on notice the, that they're here and. Uh, you know, it's like we just talked with the Colgate women. Sometimes that's good to get that loss. Okay, happened. Now let's start again. So uh, I guess it's, uh, from what I've been reading here, it's a sellout, by the way, for the teddy bear toss. So there's going to be about 4,000 4, people jammed into the Adirondack Bank Center Friday night. should be very exciting. Uh, the women are home, too. The women are now ranked ninth in the country, and they're still undefeated. They're 7-0-2. They are home for a pair of games against Newman. So Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock over at the Nexus Center, and then their 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon, same spot, same – I almost sound like the old Batman show. Remember that? Same bat time, same oh. bat channel, same bat location, right? Same team. No, I don't remember that. You don't – come on. 
work with me here. Before my time. It was not before your time. (laughs) After my time, then. Uh, Okay, that's better. I was going to say, there's no way that was before your time. Okay. Uh. But but no, the the women are rolling. They had a very impressive 4-1 to victory over Worcester State uh, Tuesday night at the Nexus Center. And this weekend, they are honoring their seniors. Yeah, they they've been on a roll, especially with them being in the Nexus. It's kind of like there's always that coinciding between their games and the men's games. They're still on a roll, and I'm excited for them because we've said it a hundred times. They look like the men looked like last year, yeah. and we have a team like that. It's exciting. Yeah, no doubt about it. So let's move over to our friends over at Morrisville, the Morrisville Mustangs, uh, the men's team. They are home this Friday night against SUNY Canton. And then Saturday afternoon, we just mentioned a teddy bear toss in Utica. Well, Saturday afternoon, there's one in Morrisville because that is their teddy bear toss. Uh, Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock start against Anna Maria College. Uh, they're coming off a win, the men are. They won the consolation game of the Castleton Tourney last weekend uh, where they beat uh, the, Massa- Massachusetts, yeah, the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts. Say that five times fast. Six to nothing. Very impressive win. So, so good for the the Mustangs to get that big win in, and, and you know maybe that starts turning things around for them. Yeah, they've had a rough stretch, especially playing good teams like Oswego State. I right, mean, it hammered them early. So maybe the second half will even out. You you never know, and they're they're always someone who's scrappy. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know, I think people forget just how tough the Suniac is. They really do. I mean, I honestly, I believe that's one of the bigger underrated conferences in, in Division Three. You know, you got teams like Plattsburgh, who they've already played, Oswego, like you just mentioned. You got Geneseo still in that conference, Cortland in that conference. There are a lot of tough teams. So, I mean, listen, there there is no easy game in the Suniac for those guys. And uh, so, but again, you get that big win like that on the road, uh, and especially a dominating win as, as it was. That gives the team some confidence moving forward, and uh, we'll see what they can do. So the women also won big. Uh, they won Tuesday night against King's College of the UCHC at home 7-1. to They they hammered them. Uh, Allie Davidson had two goals and an assist in that game. The women play again at home Tuesday night. Here we go, same bad time, same bad channel again, see? <laughs> and this time they're playing Arcadia of the UCHC. So a pair of uh, UCHC teams for the uh, the women Mustangs. Yeah, Arcadia, I mean, both teams from this year are a little sneaky. So they're, they're the team I'm keeping an eye on, even especially since they're out of our conference. Zoning in on them, I'm going, they're, they look a lot better than I thought they would. They're taking steps from last year. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's no doubt about that. And, again, there, there is no – it really kind of goes to that point. There's no more easy games for anybody anymore. You know, every game is tough, and, uh, you know, it's an exciting time for, for college hockey. Let's uh, let's shift gears here. Let's go over to the AHL because uh, we do have two teams in our coverage area. The Syracuse Crunch are on a two-game winning streak. Um, they're playing another home-and-home home series this weekend. I think it's like their fourth or fifth home-and-home home series in like the past five weeks. It's been kind of like their jam as of late. Uh, this time they're taking on the Toronto Marlies. Friday night is in Syracuse. Saturday, of course, is up in Toronto. Uh, the Crunch are second in the North Division, and they're only three points behind the surprising Cleveland Monsters for first. Uh, thoughts on the Crunch? Yeah, they're playing a great game. I mean, with a little bit of movements recently, they're acting like it's no big deal, and they're showing up and showing out. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And I tell you, Coach Bouchard's got him playing excellent hockey. He he really does. You know, I've said this before with the with the losses they had off that roster coming into this season. You know, you were thinking, eh, this might be a tough season for the Crunch, but so far, so good. And, and like I said, just hats off to the team just playing a, an entire team structure. Uh, you know, the the power play's been really good. Jack Thompson's been excellent on the power play for him. So, uh, you know, hopefully for them, they can keep it up against Toronto. <clears throat> and let's talk about the Comets for a minute. The Comets are kind of in the opposite direction right now. They have lost three in a row. They've scored three goals over their last three games, coming off two shutouts, one of them to the Crunch, one of them to uh, uh, Springfield, out in, out there in Springfield, Mass. Uh, they lost Wednesday night, so we're recording on Thursday, so it'll be last night, 6-3 to three to the Belleville Senators, who were in last place in the division. Uh, kind of a tough stretch here, but... The good news for the Comets is they got some players back. Max Willman is back from New Jersey. Uh, Topias Villan is back from Adirondack. They have called up Yoshi Hirano, who uh, he's a he's a big player. Uh, he's 6'2", 220. He's got some pro experience. Uh, set him up in front of the net for the power play. He could help out because he did have three power play goals with the, the Thunder this season so far. And as we know, the power play does need help. And uh, let's talk about that big trade that went down uh, Tice Thompson uh, was in his third season for the, the well, the Devils Comets organization. Uh, he was traded to the New York Islanders for Arnon Durando. So let's talk about that for a second, Jordy. So watching Tice, I mean, when he, they kept him up for forever <clears throat> before the season started, you could kind of tell that this was, this is your last chance if you don't show up and show out. There's going to be something that happens, whether he was going to leave or be traded, so I, I had an idea this was coming, and we discussed it earlier in the season, that this was a possibility. Seeing it happen like that with no warning is a little surprising. I thought you would have at least heard, hey, Tice is getting his name shopped. But it makes sense why they do it. And while I don't know much about the return yet, I haven't studied and looked into the player in the one-on-one swap. Hopefully this works out well for the comments. Well, I, I, I did a little bit on it. And uh, before I get into that, I just wanted to, you know, with Thompson, I, I think he was just in desperate need of a change of scenery. I, I really do. Um, you know, with the log jam in New Jersey, it was going to be really hard for him to crack the NHL lineup up there. And, and you know, he, he was actually on a one-way contract, so the, the Devils were paying him, you know, an NHL salary to play in Utica, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. That's just pure speculation. Uh, but, again, for, for Tice, I, I think for him, just just a new new setting, new room, new everything for him, I think will we'll do him good. How ironic, though, that it was his dad that coached the Bridgeport Islanders, which is where he's going to now, for, like, eight years. It was matter of fact, he was their coach last season. And he's an assistant with Anaheim now, so he just missed being playing for his dad. Uh, the return, Arnon Durando. So he's got one goal and three assists this season, but last season he had 24 goals, 33 assists for the the Bridgeport Islanders. So I'm sorry, 31 assists. So the guy can put the puck in there. He's got a little bit of an edge to him, too. He's got 23 penalty minutes so far. Well, actually 25 after last night. Uh, so to be perfectly honest with you, I think this was a really good return. As far as the comments are concerned, I don't know how much it really moves the needle for New Jersey, but on an AHL level, you know, to be able to get a guy like that back in, uh, I think it's going to do him some good because, and especially with Sam LaBerge, who, by the way, congratulations on signing that NHL contract and moving on up, he got called up to the Devils. Uh, you need guys like that, especially you know in, in the in the tight North Division. 
You need guys with an edge. Yeah, and you've seen as the season during the offseason and as it's transitioned, the comments have prioritized we need veterans, and that's what they did. They got a, guy, a bunch of guys with experience, and it shows when they're all here, guys like Willman, Dowling, when all those guys are here and they're healthy, they're a good team. The problem is is that they've run into injuries, which is par for the course for the Comets and the Devils. <laughs> no kidding, right? And Yeah, and everyone's been up and down, which is also very par for the course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the uh, the carousel as we like to refer to it as, you know, but uh but no, so yeah, we'll we'll see how it all works out for them. Uh but I'll tell you the road ahead does not get any easier. Um kind of a bad time to be in, in a little bit of a funk because now they've got to go out to Cleveland, who I just mentioned is leading the North Division. Uh they're out there for two games Saturday and Sunday out there in the land of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, you know, the sometimes going on the road is what you need, you know, it helps you turn things around a little bit, but Remains to be seen. Yeah, and they, they play a very strong road game, so we'll see what they do. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, folks, so so much hockey going on in Central New York. Just to try to keep track of it all is, is kind of mind-boggling. But, like I said, if you go to cnyhockeyreport.com, another cheap plug, uh, we have all the schedules, all the scores right there on that ticker that I talked about earlier. Please, it's a great resource for, for one, if you want to know scores, matchups, schedules. Whatever you want to know, cnyhockeyreport.com is the place to go. Jordy, any closing comments? Not much other than uh, hopefully we we actually score for this teddy break toss because there's been years where we haven't. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's uh, that's <laughs> kind of important on a teddy bear toss game. So, absolutely. And, yes, Dave reminded me, too, just so everybody knows, the high school schedules and the scores that, that I can get because high school scores can be kind of tricky to get sometimes. Those are all up on the ticker as well. Thanks for the reminder there, Dave yeah. the Safe. Appreciate yeah. it. On top of it. It's too bad you didn't have you, you, a, a... You were getting ready to go, and I was like, no, wait. It's, it's, you know, it's too <laughs> and bad. And everybody could see that you couldn't hear me because you pull your earphones well, off, forget you're on camera. Yeah, that's that happens. But, yeah. you know, it's too bad you didn't have a reminder tone or something I like could that. Have. I, I know. Could have. You know, I could have I done... We Jordan. should incorporate that I into could, the show. I could have done Jordy's style up reminder. <laughs> no, that's his. That's his. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have like an alarm clock in there or something to remind I, me. Wait, you're forgetting you know, something. You know? I, I do have, yeah, well, you know, I have one of yours. Your award thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, but that's award music. Well, okay, all right. I you know, <laughs> which, know, you know we haven't I'm done doing. an award show in a while. We, we should. We should, yeah. There's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It's about the little things. That's right. It is. Uh, <laughs> do you know I saw that it was online somewhere, and they had it on a sign in the back. It's, it's the little things. I thought I was, I was going to screenshot the thing and send it to Jordy. But. Oh, that's great. That is great. You would have uh, screenshot it and sent it to me. I would have sent it to Jeremy. I know. I know. <laughs> I would have uh, sent it to him and then locked my door. Yeah, really. And barricaded on top of that. Yes. <laughs> all, right. all right, folks. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week. Uh, once again, I want to thank Rob Haberbush and James Philpot from the Hamilton College Men's Continentals hockey team for coming on. And, of course, I want to thank Dave the Save Warner, Jordan Brockway, and, of course, you, the listener, for tuning in and supporting us each week. We really appreciate it. So, until next week, we will see you, and have a good one. Here we go. <laughs>